profitable. Okay, good start. So I would say 25%. You don't like that number. 25%. No, we don't like that you don't know the number. I, I swear I'm prepared. I'm just, I really have a problem with math. Like but, it's but not Amy, that I don't Listen, know the numbers. If, it's if, that if I you have, have a, a, the right investor, they'll help you with that. That's what it sounded like during Amy Rosen's debut on the CBC show Dragon's Den recently. As you can hear, she got a hard time from the business tycoons. The Toronto cookbook author pitched them to take a stake in her line of bake-at-home cinnamon bun business. While the dragons loved her dessert and her line of chocolate and cinnamon spreads, things got rough when Rosen stumbled on their questions about her sales figures. She calls it her humiliation on national TV. The episode was short, they cut out a lot of what actually happened, and if you haven't seen it, the link is in our show notes. So now, Rosen is ready to dish some of the behind-the-scenes dirt, even as she's delving back into reality TV. She's on another show as one of the 24 judges in The Wall of Bakers show, which is debuting March 28th on Food Network Canada. In the end, you see some kind of humiliating stuff, but it could have been so much worse. So in the end, I was kind of happy with it. And basically, they all loved the products. I mean, you don't offer to buy a company unless you love the products. And they, so that first minute I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I got what I came for. Then it took a bit of a turn. Um, I've been telling everyone, scarred for life, glad I did it. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, March the 3rd, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Amy Rosen grew up in a Jewish family in Toronto. Her mom was a dietitian. Her two grandmothers' traditional Ashkenazi recipes set the tone. She got her start in the food world as a journalist. Then she went to Cordon Bleu School. She became a food writer. And five cookbooks later, she took the plunge and opened her own cinnamon bun store in Toronto. That morphed into a line of bake-at-home buns and jars of cinnamon bun spreads. Rosen auditioned for Dragon's Den last year and hoped they would help her grow outside of Ontario. And coming up, she'll be here to share what's next after the Dragon's fiasco. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. Hi, I'm Rabbi Spiro of the Anshay Minsk, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. A group of Jewish folk dancers from Winnipeg is anxiously watching the situation in Ukraine right now. They're the Chai Folk Ensemble, and in the summer of 2019, they went on tour to perform in Ukraine, together with some local Ukrainian folk dancers from Winnipeg who are members of the Rusalka troupe. The 60 Canadians performed in Kiev and Lviv and Chernowitz and other spots. Their show was called the Hora Hopak Tour, named after the two famous folk dances of each culture. According to Chai's Riva Nippon, those dancers who made that trip are very much affected by what's going on in Ukraine right now and worried about the friends they made there. And join me now from her home in Toronto is Amy Rosen. Thanks so much for being with us on the CJN Daily. Hello, thanks for having me. It's great to meet you. Congratulations on uh, your participation in the Wall of Bakers on the Food Network. When they, the PR thing, I don't know if you've seen the PR um, material for this new show, it says Canada's greatest pastry chefs. And then, you know, you're part of that. How does that feel? Yeah. Is, that, is that intimidating a bit? 
Well, it was kind of funny because I, you know, I was a little surprised to be asked, but then it made sense because there was another food writer there who has a cookbook and I happen to have this cinnamon bun business. But when you compare me to, because some of my idols were there, right? Like Patrice Demers or Anna Olson or Christine Cushing or Lynn Crawford, like, like I'm not one of them. And it was funny because the first couple of days I was on set, especially some people from Edutown who are also so talented they were like whispering. And so one of them, a local person who knew who I was more, she came up to me. She's like, so we think you're a spy. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? She's like, we think you're writing, uh, you know, an undercover feature about this. I'm like, okay. So insulting on several levels, but I get it, right? Like, so I'm not like good enough to be there as a judge, but then, then they got it. I knew what everyone was talking about. I could keep up with them, you know, techniques and whatever. Can you talk a bit about where, how the time frame of it was filmed, a little bit about the process. Yeah, so it was filmed, you know, during one of the lulls of the uh, pandemic, uh, still lots of protocols in place, but it was July. And it was, I think they had just um, finished shooting another season of Wall of Chefs. They switched out the logo. <laughs> so the whole amazing set was there. And uh, a few of the chefs are the same as well. They finished that, took a two week break. And then we shot this over, I believe it was two or three weeks. Everyone's not in every episode. I'm in, I believe six of them. And yeah, I'm a judge just like the rest of them. If I'm not mistaken, you're not the only Jewish one. There's actually maybe two or three. Um, Joanne Yalis. Oh yeah, of course. I forgot. Yeah, I was like, who are we talking about? Yes, I love her. Oh my gosh. You would know her famously. Uh, she's an amazing baker and uh, instructor now, but still best all-time dessert in Toronto from Scaramouche. She created that coconut cream pie. Mm, I want it right now. Right. And I'm not sure if there was another one. Did you meet Joe any Nockin. other? Joe Notkin. Joe Notkin. That's what I thought, but you yeah. never know. So yeah. there's three out of the 24. So um, how, if any Jewish flavor or Jewish inf- informing uh, influence this show that you can say? The contestants came and made what they wanted. We can't tell them what to make or influence any of that. We're just judging what they made. Um, and I don't think we can talk about the contestants yet, but Jewish influence, maybe from my end, it would be something might speak to me more if it's a flavor I grew up with, something um, might surprise me because it's not something with that I grew up with. So I'd be like, wow, this is delicious. But, you know, everyone else might know about that. We got to know, did they make cinnamon buns or did you have to ask them to make cinnamon buns? So because of the timing and how long it takes cinnamon buns to rise, um, there, there were no cinnamon buns. There may have been a challenge that uh, involved the flavors of cinnamon buns, let's say. You said you were asked. You don't have to apply to be a wall of a baker person. How did, how did that ask come about? A lot of them had to try out because they hadn't been on television before, but I've been on television, so they kind of knew who I am and what I do, so. I assume, but I could be wrong, that you were talking about your recent stint on Dragon's Den. I think it would be more that I'm a expert in cooking and baking than I was humiliated on national TV on Dragon's Den. <laughs> I think that would be more why they put me up there. I was going to ask you, of course, later, but we might as well talk about it now. Why use the word humiliated? Um, Did you see the segment? Of course I saw it, of course. <laughs> 
I, what you don't see is that I was in there for an hour and, you know, that gets edited down to seven and a half minutes. I think my segment was a little longer than most. It was their first day of taping. And I don't know if they were just trying to bring their up, but it was actually insane. So, um, you know, spoiler alert, but I went in asking for, I think, a hundred thousand dollars for 20% of my business. And I came out with an offer and accepting, although it didn't go through to sell my whole business. So in my mind, I'm like, what's the story the editors are going to tell how you go from asking for this percentage to just giving away your company. And it's because they were just yelling at me the whole time. And at one point they didn't include it, but I yelled, I have a learning disability. <laughs> and I don't, but I was just, I'm so bad at math. And my sister-in-law takes, I do everything for the business. And my sister-in-law, Deborah, is takes care of the financial side. Okay. Like the she does the books. And um, I knew, I thought I knew most of the numbers. And then they just asked them in a different way, which I think throws a lot of people off. And then once they saw my weakness, they just kept hammering me. Not all of them, a few of them, a couple of them actually. And it just got into a yelling match and everything. Deborah was supposed to be there with me, but at the last minute, because of COVID, they changed the rules. So that threw me off my game as well. And I thought they should have mentioned that, but they didn't, that's fine. So in the end, you see some kind of humiliating stuff. Three of them offered to come in, take the company and you walk away, you just be the brand ambassador. Now I would still I'm, develop the products. It would be yeah. like a full-time job. I'd get a percentage. It was kind of like the perfect situation. And then? Then you do, you go through the financials, you go through negotiations and everything. I had a lot of Zoom talks with them, but in the end, they couldn't decide who was actually going to run the company. And I got, it was like six months, it was dragging on. So we all just parted ways, but you know, what happens on TV isn't what happens in real life on that show. Most deals do not go through. Uh, what was the most surprising thing that came out of that for you? Well, I have to say three of the dragons were actually really nice and really encouraging. And they understood like Wes, he was, he was just taking it all in. Others were yelling at me and trying to trip me up and he was just watching me. And I think I, un we understood each other. I will say, I don't, I can't say specifics, but what you see in the end, they actually reshoot some things and uh, it's not what happened in front of me. So I, I found that interesting. And I just realized it's, it's reality television and, and that's what it is. One of them said, you're not an entrepreneur and you should, you, yeah. know, you should know that you're just a good baker. And that was heavy. How did you respond? How did you deal with that? How did you navigate that even after, even today? That was something that they actually reshot because what she said was actually so much worse. And I think it must be in their contract that they can't come off looking so bad. So she's someone I yelled back at at the time and they didn't show that. So I felt great about saying, I am too. I built a bakery. I did all of this. So I, I actually did defend myself, but you don't see that, that, you know, they have to choose what, what's included or not. It, it didn't hurt my feelings at all because I knew she was wrong. What they were all correct about is that I should know my numbers and that, um, that it, you know, I, I'm not a fully formed entrepreneur if I can't have that plan and know where the money's, I know where the money's coming and going. 
I do everything except for that. I don't see any of these money guys doing all the creatives and, you know, creating the recipes and the branding and getting the, so I kind of resent the fact that the creatives are supposed to know everything, but the money people or the business people, see, I don't even know what you call it, don't have to be creative. If you think of it, right? It's not really mm-hmm. fair. Well, let's talk about that when we talk about some of the women that you mentioned in your latest cookbook that inspired you. Noreen Gillitz, for example. Um, so Noreen did the cooking and the baking, but her her organization was done by Harriet Nussbaum and the B'nai B'rith women to make her launch, but they were the ones who put the cookbook together. And this is an old, I mean, everyone has second helpings from my generation, right? Mine too. Uh, yeah, everyone has it. I see that on your website or on the website, it says the buns are, the cinnamon buns are on hold because of uh, other issues until maybe later. Tell us what's the story with that. So I'm working on, the good thing about Dragon's Den, it gave me the push to take the business to the next level. So I can't announce it yet, but I'm signing on with a big uh, distribution companies to get the products national because mostly we've been kind of local with the buns and with the three spreads. So I'm kind of taking it to the next level and that'll happen hopefully within the next few months. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to the family of the late Lila Paperman of Montreal. Her funeral was Wednesday. Mrs. Paperman was the matriarch of the Paperman family. They are the main Jewish funeral directors in the city. They have been since her late husband Herbert's grandparents founded the company 100 years ago. Lila Paperman died Monday. She was a fundraiser, a golfer, a philanthropist, and very involved as a volunteer for the Jewish community. And we'll end the episode with this little clip from the Winnipeg High Folk Ensemble's recent tour of Ukraine from July of 2019, with everybody dancing and singing at their farewell party. Thank you.